So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the self-development unnecessary interview. Interview, yeah, definitely interview. Uh, <laughs> um, intro, podcast. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as you can see, I'm a, really, a little small today. Uh, because I kind of feel like sitting straight. Because every time when I do just uh, record, when I'm just my, my uh, chair is you know, the normal height, I feel like I do just have to put my head down, and because uh, motion create emotion, I do be like this right now, or just try to be like this, uh, especially because the audio quality should be also a little bit better, because I'm directly speaking into the microphone. Uh, if I had a higher stand for the microphone, it would be something different, <laughs> way different. Um, but as you can see in the background, I do quite not have anything to show you right now. Uh, because I'm going to search something with you. And I was just thinking about, which is actually a really dumb idea, because I then just maybe waste quite a lot of time of you, or for you. And therefore I might be putting a link, or just a timestamp, into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast, where you can actually see uh, where I actually yeah, pretty much start with the, the book, or the article, or whatever. Um, something that I would like to do would be a biography, because I kind of feel like this would be something great. Uh, I don't know if it is really the thing or not, but um, no, I, I won't do this. I will just see for something there and pick it. Um, blah, 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 blah. Eat that frog. Uh, I kind of feel like, because I've seen it pretty much or pretty often uh, lately, that this could be a relatively good book or interesting book, whatever. Um, because it's some kind of related to the one thing, uh, therefore it might be, yeah, okay, some kind of optional to go through it, because yeah, we have gone through the one thing, which is also a great book, but... But yeah, um, biography, prose, all book summaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you know this, this song? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you know it. Uh, psychology. I think I will definitely go something uh, through something like psychology because it is pretty interesting and it is pretty important as well. Uh, also to, to really know how I could just pretty much help people to really get to their, you know, highest uh, or their, their biggest energy or their, their passion or how to change their patterns and so on. Uh, the bad thing is I do just want to see if I can actually go to the definitive book of body language. If I can right now, I will or I will have to go through it and I'm pretty... <laughs> pretty curious. Oh no, this was the wrong link. No. So this is the right link. <laughs> and I do have to see, by the way, that... No, I can't. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, never mind. Um, 
17 steps that will boost your motivation for anything by Dr. Jeremy Dean. Sounds great. Could be great. Could not be great. Definitely. Um, uh, I kind of feel like, yeah, okay, there could be something in it. I kind of feel like, yeah, uh, there could not be something in it. I do, therefore, just want to search this. Uh, if it got a good rating and so on, and I just pretty much rely on it uh, to see, okay, is it good? It has a four-star rating on uh, Goodreads, so it could be great. Could not be great. Uh, groundbreaking fascinating investigation into the transformation effect of exercise on the brain. Okay, I will read it. <laughs> because it's some kind of about exercising. And I do feel like ex exercising can be a pretty great thing for your brain as well. And especially for your brain. Uh, no, especially for your body. But besides that, actually for your brain as well. Um, because at my fucking point of view, your body and mind are so much correlated to each other and uh, in such a... Um, big osmosis, not osmosis, but symbiosis, that um, that it is incredible how much your body can affect your mind and how much your mind can affect your body. Um, the good thing is, often you can't really uh, control your body. Yeah, you can control your body. The best example is the power moves, uh, not the power moves, but power positions, where I just sit here and do this and feel directly better because I just feel confident because I'm like this in this position. Um, I've been talking about it in the last episode, but I will um, just cut it a little bit uh, now as well, because if you haven't seen the last episode, you will just get some sort of the same information now. Um, so the Harvard University just, not just, it's some time ago, I think two years or three years or four years even, um, they just have uh, kind of proven that your emotion no, your motion actually creates emotion. Um, that by, uh, you know, sitting in a certain way or standing in a certain way or behaving in a certain way actually just creates certain emotions for you. I do just have to see if the audio could be good. Yeah, so therefore, uh, it is totally right what Tony Robbins is saying, but uh, by uh, cr uh, motion is creating emotion. And it is pretty important because you can always change your motion. You can always be standing a little bit taller or straighter instead of just like a sack of potatoes. Not a sack. I always say sack because it's sack in German. Um, a bag of potatoes, like, you know, really, you know, a little crouched and, you know, sloppy and whatever it is actually called. But I think we just go ahead with the actual book. And yeah. So, that's a little bit... Uh, maybe like this. Is this good? Hmm. So I think this seems to be well, because I never like it when the, border, the borders of the actual window are too near to the text. This is really not good to actually read it, then, because it feels like a little bit pressurous. Um, in terms of actually reading the text and so on, so uh, from a design standpoint now on. But yeah, so the first thing is, thinking back to one single previous 
uh, about, I don't know what's about is, but uh, of exercise motivates people to raise their exercise levels in the future. Definitely. The second one is one of the best ways of getting going is to set yourself some if-then statements, which means that if I do this now, I will later on, then I will later on get this and or that. And this is actually a thing that seems to be motivating for a lot of people. And it might be actually the same thing for me as well. I do just have to think a little bit about it. Um, I think it's most of the time unconscious for me. But if you do really just, you know, give yourself this input consciously, this can lead to actual proper motivation or actual proper like, yeah, yes, I do not eat that cake because then I would just feel bad about it. Or just feel bad in terms of my, uh, I get diarrhea or something. <laughs> I actually hope not you're getting it, but... But yeah, I think you know what I mean. And the third thing is, people generate higher intrinsic motivation when they ask themselves questions. Uh, pretty looking forward to this book. I hope there is something in it for you and for me. But let's see. So the five big ideas of this book are or is, try to imagine some of the consequences of not trying hard uh, to complete your project. You will, how will you feel if you give up? What will it mean to other people? And how much will you regret in the future? Um, yeah, that's actually a good question. I think this is actually a question uh, you can pretty much use to motivate yourself. Because if you're like, yeah, okay, um, if I'm not doing it, then I will just, you know, just feel the regret afterwards. I will just feel like I have nothing achieved in my life. Uh, all people will be disappointed. Uh, hopefully not, because actually, you know, what other people are thinking about your project and your business and what you're doing is actually, you know, do not care about it. You know, they have their life, you have your life, everybody has their own opinions, we are all individuals, and so people just talk um, in terms of themselves most of the time, and so therefore just give a fuck about what they say. But if you feel just like, you know, regretting this kind of step or this kind of project not being done by you, then you should definitely start it now, uh, especially in such a, such a position as you might be or I am right now. Um, because we all have the opportunity to be like, kind of like me and sit there and just, you know, record an episode of uh, what you're kind of passionate about and what you really just want to teach people about or, you know, just give people a little bit value or more value about. Um, yeah. Um, bu -bu -bu -bu. The second one is, psychologists have found that people will go to quite incredible lengths to protect their own self-esteem. Uh, yeah, and I kind of know it. Uh, if it is kind of steam what I'm just thinking about right now. Um, it's the same thing if you just say something, you know, you, just, you say something that's kind of... Um, how should I say? It's kind of... Um, I don't know how should I say it, how I should say it, but... Uh, you say something, then the other person is like, yeah, you really do this and do that. And then, then you, you know, suddenly say, oh, no, no, it wasn't meant a little bit differently and so on. You know what I mean? Uh, I think this is just what he is talking about. You know, you just want to protect your self-esteem, yourself, uh, how they just feel about you and whatever. The third one is identity changes are not just a result of increased motivation. They can also feed your motivation. The fourth one is, one important key to imagining your future self is to think of the process as a journey um, and totally fall in love with the process, um, which is actually something that's, for me, pretty important. Because if I would really hate 
doing all these episodes every day, uh, making the posts every day, um, uh, writing comments every day, just hitting people up, sorry, on Quora every day, answering questions every day. I'm sorry. Um, then I wouldn't just, you know, feel good about it. And even if I didn't just get some times to, to my real goal or just, you know, uh, kind of come near to it, I pretty much feel bad about the whole process I've put into it so that probably I won't just do it. And actually often, and this is another, uh, yeah, another side of this uh, thing, so of the process that I say that you should feel, fall in love with the process is that often the process is the actual uh, goal because often, and this is something that I have experienced and you have experienced maybe as well, is that the goal at the end is often just something like, hmm, you know, I'm like, they are here and it is okay, but you don't feel like, yeah, this is your goal and this is what I've always wanted and whatever. You don't feel like it. You probably might feel like, yeah, you know, actually the process itself was better than the end goal. You know, what I'm doing now, what's now, I do just need another process. Um, because I think we just adapt to the process and we kind of... Um, or it's for me like this. I just adapted to the process. It's, it's normal for me to just sit down every day making two or one episode of this, making my posts, um, you know, doing this. I just, you know, adapted to it and I just, it's my normal life routine right now. And the fifth and last one is monitoring pro progress consistently emerges from studies as key to making process towards a goal. Um, totally, and this is something that I've really been experiencing and uh, recognizing when, uh, or in terms of working out, uh, because as you might know, I do just work out three times a week, which is fairly a low amount, uh, so three times a week with the sport I do have to um, do in school, which is normally just playing soccer or basketball or whatever, uh, which is good because I then just get some kind of cardio in, which I uh, normally wouldn't get. Um, but the thing is, it's only three times a week. And I kind of feel like everybody could do this. Everybody could work out three times a week. This is nothing um, that I'd be like, yeah, it is, you know, such a lot of work to do. And I do just, you know, uh, I want it. And I make myself want it totally. And I do have to work out after 11 hours of school and after two hours of uh, total... Um, I've, I've known the word uh, commute commuting is it commuting like you know you drive to a place and then you go away from it i do just have to look it up i'm sorry um i do just make myself want it and i do just do it you know it's it's who i am it's not easy but for me it's right and i do feel incredibly when i just have done everything in a day that i wanted to do uh, it's just something i knew yeah i've done every single thing and so it's good for me um when i'm not feeling that well um like, you know, in the last few days, it is okay for me to not work out sometimes. I do feel like, uh, especially when you have been working out for several weeks or months, it's, it's like you should actually be taking off some days or some weeks even to really just, you know, get the power back and just progress even more. Um, uh, yeah, uh, what I wanted to say initially is actually, <laughs> I'm sorry that... Um, when you do not have an actual plan on how you should actually work out, it is some kind of strange or some kind of, hmm, it's a little bit of a bad situation you're in because you actually can't see 
if you're progressing or not. Um, you might feel like, yeah, you have a bigger chest or you have a bigger triceps or biceps or whatever. Um, but um, if you do not know how much reps you did the last day or how much uh, pounds you have, um, I don't know, bench pressed the last day or whatever, uh, you will never know if you have improved or not. And yeah, yeah. And in terms of a plan, a plan makes you really improve. Because if you're doing it over and over and over again, you will definitely improve at it. And sometimes you have to change up or change the plan. Because um, if you're just doing the same workout plan, plan for 17 months, you know, it was you know really challenging at the beginning. But at the end of the 17, 17th month, everything is really easy and quite, you know, it loses the... the uh, the efficiency. I feel like I, I'm speaking a little bit, uh, I'm hopping around a little bit in terms of uh, what I'm speaking. Uh, into English, please. No, this is Spanish. Why don't I have anything in English right now? No? German, English, commute. Yes, commuting. Uh, but yeah, so we will go on with the Spark summary. Um, and there you totally just have the 17 steps you should take to really get motivated or, yeah, to really get motivated. Step one is identify your starting point. So where you are right now. And this is incredible um, important if it is about exercising. I do feel like this is generally about exercising. No, not really. Um, so in terms of uh, exercising, it is pretty important. Um, because if you do not know where you are right now, uh, you might start at a very high level that you you know can't control actually, or you start at a too low level where it isn't challenging for you and you do not make any progress. So identifying where you are right now, you so your, your starting point is indeed pretty damn important. Uh, the second one is discover the change you want. So where you want to actually go in terms of um, yeah exercising again. I will just make everything in terms of exercising because it's the easiest way to explain it uh, in a fast way and uh, so on. Uh, discover the change you want. Do you want a big chest? Do you want uh, to be athletic? Do you want to have uh, nice thighs? Do you want nice squats? Uh, quads, sorry. Do you want a nice butt? You know, there are so many goals. Uh, people want to have and people want to to get that uh, it is important to know where you want to go uh, the third one is identify powerful internal and external motivations yeah as well pretty important to actually see okay um, this always motivates me and that always motivates me and this person is always motivating me and the fourth one is modeling um, if he actually means modeling by actually uh, what Tony Robbins as well means which then is really looking at people and seeing what they are doing uh, and what, what they make that that they are successful. So what makes them successful, to, to say it easy, <laughs> and to really do it the same. So if there is a good marketer, you really look at him and be like, okay, 
what is he doing differently than me? Uh, what he, is he differently doing than everybody else? And then you then just do the exact same thing that he is doing, what nobody else is doing, or maybe others are doing as well, but you do it in his way. And then you actually can see, okay, this is it. This is his secret. And now I will do it as well. And then you kind of would have to change it up a little bit because, you know, only because for him it is working in a certain way doesn't mean that it is working for you in this certain way. But uh, if you have the knowledge of actually doing the exact same thing as he is doing or she is doing, then you actually be able to change it up a little bit and see, uh, you know, without just losing the effect of it. Um, getting started totally important you know not just planning and not get getting caught up into only planning but also starting is very important self-affirmation um what is this what is this uh affirmation 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 yeah so in terms of you making yourself Wanting it or doing it. Actually, I could no, I could not. I feel like yeah, I'm so so tiny. <laughs> I feel like so tiny. But actually, in terms of the camera, everything seems to be uh, completely the same thing as normally. But you can definitely hear me, uh, or hopefully hear me a little bit better. Um, Self-affirmation. Then the backup plan. This is something that's pretty interesting for me because uh, I've been listening to a speech from Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Arnold Schwarzenegger actually, um, and he was talking about, yeah, you should never have a second plan, because, you know, if you have a second plan, you will not commit to the first plan, or your plan A, completely, because you then just know, okay, I do have a second plan, and that's okay if I mess the first one up, and I totally get it, what he means. The thing is, having a really backup plan is quite important to feel secure in what you're doing. If you're just in terms of making more money and you just, you know, burning all the the bridges and boats after you or you have and there is no coming back, um, it will just give you a, a position or will just bring you into a position where you do just have to do it. It will, you are just forced to, to make it. Um, yeah, you are just forced to make it if you have not a backup plan. But... An actual backup plan makes sense for me as well. So kind of decide for yourself if you do have a backup plan or not. And if yes, then really commute or commit to the first plan as well totally so that you're not you know, getting caught up in uh, what Arnold meant. Uh, engage other people or not. Uh, it definitely comes up to who you are if you're just... Um, if you just like to pursue your dreams and your goals with other persons because these certain persons uh, motivate you or do you good or just are just uh, you know valuable towards you or for you, then do it. Uh, if you're a person who is you know really willing to make everything yourself um, and you do not like it when people are just around you or just you know doing the same thing as you're doing or whatever, then don't do it. Uh, Self-compassing, composing. Compa Self-compassion, sorry. Compassion? What does compassion mean? Ah, I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Self-compassion, you know it, probably. I don't know what this is. Step 10, a good mood. Totally important. If you start with a bad mood, everything is fucked. 
Uh, not everything because you can just get in a good mood. But what is envy? Envy, but I know that is envy. Ah, or envy? No, it's envy. Totally envy. Uh, envy is total shit. If you're uh, envy in terms of another person, uh, in terms of their accomplishments, then go out to them and just ask them what they did, because so that they actually got that. Yeah. Okay, that they actually got that famous or got that uh, important or got that good at a certain thing, just learn out of it and not be just, you know, envy all the time, which, you know, doesn't make any sense, some sort of. Um, where did I stop? Fear? Fear is something uh, nobody has. And this actually reminds me, on, and I've speaking about it in the last episode as well, Something that uh, Chris Hadfield, which is a former astronaut, uh, he was in space two times and was also in actual space, so he was outside of his, his space shuttle as well. Um, he's a pretty incredible person. If you don't know him and if you uh, haven't seen anything about him, he actually makes songs as well. Um, please check him out. He's an incredible person. He's some, someone you can learn from. His TED Talks are incredible. Um, yeah, I will just definitely invite you to, to look at them. And the TED Talk I've been listening or watching of him is actually the same thing that I would refer to right now, uh, where he talks about fear. And the actual story, um, I'm now a little bit spoiling you, so you might just, you know, skip this part for the next few seconds, uh, so that, you know, watching the actual TED Talk of it might not be so unnecessary. Um, but, um, but, 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 but sorry, um, but it was about fear, and uh, what actually happened to to him is that he went completely blind in space, so he was holding, uh, you know, some kind of piece of his uh, his spaceship, and he was doing some, uh, I don't know what work, what kind of work, maybe he was just taking photos, maybe he was, um, yeah, making uh, any uh, repairs, he repaired something, or whatever, you know, um, there will always be something in a spaceship to, to work on or to experiment with or whatever. Um, the actual thing that happened was that uh, there was some kind of fluent into his, his left eye, first of all, and then it, you know, suddenly just shut down. And then uh, the other way, the other eye shut down as well, And um, but nothing happened. So he just, you know, got into the spaceship as well and um, his, his other uh, colleagues just helped him and... Uh, you know, it, nothing happened to his eye and, you know, nothing to him. But uh, what he afterwards said is just, you know, the complete truth. And he was asking the, the audience if they, you know, hate spiders. And a lot of people just hate spiders because, yeah, they just, you know, seem to be scary. But um, he actually then said in Australia, I think only one or actually in this uh, certain location he was, actually only one spider was poisonous or venomous. And this actual one spider is actually not as venomous as as uh, yeah you get a pretty pretty nice bite of her or of it and it will just fuck your leg or fuck this the certain point definitely and you will get just you know a, a really um, awful wound there but um, it was actually uh, the spider with the red sign on the back so I do not remember what it was called. Um, but the thing is, he said that there is only one spider that uh, you should be fearing. Um, at the end, I didn't really know why he just, you know, pointed out this one. But, um, but yeah, 
So actually, there isn't a lot to fear about. This is this might be the the uh, 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 the point of it. Um, but he was what he was also was saying is what he was also saying is that um, if you're afraid of spiders, then you should definitely go through every spider spider web there is in your entire room in your entire area everywhere you see a spider web you just go through it and sometime uh <clears throat> someday sorry someday you won't be afraid of spiders anymore or webs anymore because first of all you know that just you know very very a very small percentage of spiders are actually poisonous or venomous and so all the others just you know are feared of you more than they feared of more than you're feared of them And if you just go through every single spider web there is, you will just, you know, you will just adapt to it and you will feel like, okay, you know, this is just a spider web. It's okay. And it's totally the truth because um, there's nothing to fear about. And it could always be, be worse. This is something that I could give, uh, give to this thought. Uh, but actually it's the truth with quite everything. If you just... Uh, you know, are feared of maybe speaking to a certain person or speaking to people in public, just do it more often. It seems to be, you know, pretty obvious and pretty like, yeah, this is a shitty advice, man. But it's the truth. And I think it is the truth. Because uh, he also pointed out that um, they just trained every single thing that could happen in space training before he went to space. So he was used to getting blind. Maybe not blind because they might have haven't thought about it, but... Um, disorientation definitely they have definitely practiced this one and they were even underwater and there was you know such a lot of things happening and it just trained such a lot that this was nothing to to fear about it was just normal for him it was okay because he had done it so often just before anger anger is something that's uh it's the 13th point and is it could be a something pretty bad for you and it could be also something motivating for you because is it about motivating i'm so sorry if i just asked this i don't know okay but these are just the steps so there might be any anger but you can use anger as a motivation and anger is something that you know might appear and this kind of reminds me on what tony robbins is always doing when he kind of feels like uh, angry or disappointed or envy or whatever he's feeling, he always takes himself 90 seconds uh, to calm down and afterwards he says himself, okay, if I'm feared, you know, what should I fear about? Uh, if I'm anger or angry, why am I angry? This is just complete waste of energy. Why I'm complaining, this is also a complete waste of energy. And all these things, until he calms down and, you know, then he's just calm again and he just can make proper decisions again this is important because uh it is always like you know you can be in a very good mood or in a very bad mood but um on you know either the extreme both sides are pretty bad to be at because if you then have to make decisions you either make a really too good decision you know in quotation marks please or a really bad decision because you're so bad or good mooded avoid self-handicapping um seems obvious but i think to just you know have it in your mind is also good or always good finding your individual motivation always important uh the journey towards a new identity yeah and the review which is the last step 
So one popular model of change used by a psychologist has five different phases. The first one is the pre-contemplation. You are not even considering making any changes. Totally, but if you should, or... Yeah, you know, I think this is just some kind of a state of of mind that you actually know, yeah, okay, you didn't want to make any changes. I think it's just, yeah, you, you know it for yourself. The second one is contemplation. You are at least considering a change. Yeah. The third one is determination. Your plans for action are coming along, but you haven't put them into action yet. Okay, action. You're already part way through making a change. And the fifth one is the maintenance, which then would some kind of be a habit at my point of view, uh, you're trying to make the change permanent. So ask yourself, what would, would the advantage and disadvantages of making this change would be? Uh, at the heart of intrinsic, intrinsic sorry, motivation lie three factors, according to Professor Richard Ryan and Edward Decci, or Dickey, or whatever, it's D-E-C-I, uh, the, the, the theory's authors. Yes. Um, so the first one is competence. I do just have to see. Because I'm so low and it is such an incredible uh, different position that I kind of feel like, okay, uh, you know, it's not good, but everything is okay. Um, but, so the first one is competence. Uh, one of the, 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 the three uh, factors, competence. Uh, we, not, we want to be good at something, but it needs to be something we just we find just hard enough. Things that are too easy don't give us a sense of competence. The second one is autonomy. We want to be free and dislike being controlled. When people have some freedom, even within certain non-negotiable boundaries, they are more likely to thrive. And the third one is relatedness or relatedness. As social animal, animals, we want to feel connected to other people. Definitely. Uh, so when we see someone take a particular series of action and achieve the desired goal, it gives us hope we can do the same. Matthew Seid, or Seed also touches upon motivation by association in bounds. And this is actually modeling, what I was just um, talking about before, what Tony Robbins' his whole life was doing quite. Uh, so he was always like... Um, you know, looking at really successful people in different areas and just did the same thing as they were doing, practically. Um, modeling can give us hope that we can learn as long as we choose someone who is similar enough to ourselves. Studies have shown that just thinking back to one single previous bout of exercise motivates people to raise their exercise levels in the future. What's a bout? Ah... It's something like a fight. It is a fight. But it doesn't make any sense if I say it's a fight. No, nevertheless. Um, anyways, sorry. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the best ways of getting going is to set yourself some if-then statements. Yeah, Turning a self-affirmation into a question is better than simply using a statement. Uh, statement research reveals. This study is also referred in to sell is human by Dan H. Pink. So turning a self-affirmation into a question is better than simply using a statement. Okay. I do self-affirmation. 
Okay. Statement. Please do not. Okay. So turning a self-affirmation into a question is simply is better than simply using a statement. Okay, I just try to understand it, but it's not happening yet. <laughs> um, people generate higher intrinsic motivation when they ask themselves questions. See quality questions in Awaken the Child Within by Tony Robbins. Uh, backup plans can actually help feed our motivation for our main plan. What feeds our motivation is knowing that we have a good chance of achieving the goal. Totally. So, therefore, and this is something that Tony Robbins was telling me or was telling in an interview, it is always great. I just would invite you to, to really go through all, uh, actually through all um, interviews you can find of, of Tony Robbins. It is just incredible uh, how much knowledge he has and you know what he's talking about. And then you just can see that he's talking about the same things over and over again, sometimes, so not all the time, but certain parts just appear always, um, which, is, which is totally okay, you know, it's just um, he deeply believes in them and so he wants to, to give them to everybody. Um, but he was saying that the actual thing is that uh, success is 20% of skill and 80% of, um, yeah, of mindset. And this is quite the same thing as Dale Carnegie in How to Win Friends and Influence People said is that, um, you know, being successful is 80% uh, being able to deal with human beings and 20% actually doing, uh, yeah, being skillful in your area. Totally, because if you can't work with humans, you could be the best person in the whole world doing it, but no one would like to do business with you because you're a fucking asshole. It makes sense. Um yeah, okay, if you're just the really best one, they just might be like, okay, I will just take it that you're just a fucking asshole, but I know that I will make good business with you. Um, but yeah. Um, under experimental conditions, it is the people with backup plans that have more motivation for their task. Okay, so the experiments do reveal one twist in the tale, though. As people get close to their goal, creating backup plans starts to demotivate them yeah because they kind of maybe feel like um, they're so close but uh, yeah they just kind of feel like okay uh, they doubt a little bit themselves that you know maybe I'm not able to do it you know it's quite hard you know and and so on so this stupid shit uh, one study of joining online social networks was has even found that these can be beneficial in pumping up motivation <laughs> Um, if you follow me, yes, of course. <laughs> no, just joking. But um, if you, yeah, definitely. If you just, at my point of view, we really have the opportunity in this social uh, network age and this this age where we just have the opportunity to surround ourselves with the people we want to. Um, we have an incredible advantage um, others hadn't. We have all the advantage to really surround ourselves with people we admire, people who are just really knowledgeable in a certain way, people we uh, just see as our mentors. We have the opportunity. You can just watch uh, Tony Robbins' interviews over and over and over again until you really get everything he was saying. You can watch every every episode of Gary Vee's content. You can you know just surround yourself with these certain persons. And then you just 
yeah, this is just for me kind of the same thing as you would just um, surround yourself with real people because you kind of um, yeah adopt their thinking, adopt their uh, values and their goals and just themselves pretty much at my point of view at least. Um, so here are three uh, psychological psychological strategies you might use to deal with despair. What's despair? Despair. Ah. Yeah. This this might come up. Definitely. Self-esteem boost. Think about positive aspects of the self of the self to boost confidence. Positive distraction. Think back to nice memories from the problem. And self-compassion. Think about the self think about the self with kindness and compassion, seeing the period of low self-confidence in context without evaluating or judging it. I see it. Um, it's practically, if I get it right, um, setting yourself in perspective. So actually showing you, okay, it was worse back then or it has been worse before. So everything is good right now and everything is okay right now and just, you know, move on, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually thinking about if I should actually make the the uh, podcast episodes uh, explicit and not clean uh, because there's actually an option in Anchor uh, where you just have the ticket and I've always been like okay I didn't really know what it meant until I I came to the conclusion okay it has to be you know explicit so therefore you're just saying things that uh, normal people or just young people shouldn't hear um, but I think not I think it's it's totally okay with me. Uh, I think swearing is not not a thing like this. I hope uh, people who practice self-compassion find it easier to see the possibilities for change. Definitely. Um, so think about the self with kindness and compassion, seeing the period of low self-confidence in context. Uh, yeah, for me, it's I, I feel like it's just you know perspective, and it's you know just. Uh, it makes sense that you are then able to to see change or possibilities to change even more because you're just used to change and you know okay everything was bad back then or worse back then and now everything is okay um, increase the motivation to change definitely take steps towards making a change yeah because you have once did it unconsciously maybe and the fourth one is compare themselves with those doing better to help motivate their change Something I do not know, you know, comparing to others is always a thing. It's It could be good, it could be bad. It comes up to you, I think. It's only a little bit in it right now. Uh, I don't know, I should, I probably will just leave it for, for the next episode. I'm actually pretty sorry that I can't go through the definite book of body language anymore. I hope that I can just redo it once uh, once I see that everything is working again and I have actual access to this website again. And, but yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful night, whatever. I hope you're so ultimate happy. And I hope you get the, the success in, the health in, the wealth in. And so success, health, wealth, being happy, giving something back. Please give something back. And legacy. For me, these are the five 
Are there actually five? Success, health, wealth, giving back, happiness, legacy. Actually, six things um, I kind of stand for and I kind of want to you know, achieve or want to have. And with this being said, I wish you a wonderful day, a wonderful night, a wonderful midnight, a wonderful noon, whatever. Uh, thank you for being with me. I deeply have to thank you because, uh, yeah, everything is going well. Everything is okay. So thank you. And I'll see you the next time.